Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Continental Extreme Contact DWS 06+. But did you know they sell other automotive products, wheels, brakes, suspension just to name a few go to tirerack.com slash colin tirerack.com the way tire buying should be with the wells fargo active cash credit card you can earn unlimited two percent cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need that means you earn on what you want like trying out that new workout class and two percent cash rewards on what you need like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. The Volume. The 3 and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for baseball, the NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, and so much more. Awesome new and existing user promotions. America's number one sportsbook. Very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are a new Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out podcast, coming to you live from Scottsdale, Arizona. A little hot today, but... You know, they make this thing called air conditioning, and I'm actually freezing cold right now. Uh, beautiful day. It's about 2.30 Pacific Standard Time. Uh, I guess we got a Monday night football game going. I realized when I recorded my podcast yesterday, there was a night game on. And then I realized, well, I mean, is anyone really watching these preseason games? And I'll be honest, I kind of did. I mean, may- maybe part of it was Kyler beca- becomes the offensive coordinator in the fourth quarter. Uh, and he actually did a pretty good job. I, I got to give him some credit. He may not watch film, but he, he can dial up some plays. Uh, I, I think Greg Olson's actually really good. Uh, enjoyed, I, I was rooting for Harbaugh to lose a game. He never loses any of these preseason games for some reason. I think he's won like 75 straight games. I mean, you know, I think it's 20. I think last night was his 22nd straight preseason game. That's insane. Um, not that I was, I mean, again, I'm watching people I've never heard of. But I, I did like watch Kyler uh, call some plays. 
Big show today. If you listen on Colin's feed, make sure you subscribe to the Three and Out podcast, as well as the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. Uh, I plan on doing one on this show. We'll just see how long we go for. Uh, got a lot of stuff. I, I wrote down a lot of little things at the end that we can just bang through around the league and uh, some college football stuff as well. I mean, next week, I actually think I'm going to Nashville next weekend. You know, just have a little fun. Yeah, might as well be in the South when uh, college football kicks off, and I haven't been back in, in years. Always wanted to go, and uh, so we're going. But I, I, I want to start with uh, with Baker Mayfield uh, for today. And he, I, it's official. I saw the Carolina Panthers. I did a take, I think, two weeks ago uh, that it was essentially over, that everyone said they were leaning that way. I'm like, you don't need the news to break here. Baker Mayfield's going to win the job. And now he is officially the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. And makes that game, like, if Baker Mayfield, and I know that Jacoby, who knows, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, can you imagine if he beats the Cleveland Browns week one? Be you know a pretty cool story, but a lot of guys. Let's face it. I would say most human beings can handle when they're the underdog. It's so easy to like fight for everything, scratch and claw. Uh, when you're going after something, I think most people are motivated when they don't have something and they want it. At least anyone worth their salt, right? It's easy to be the underdog. It's easy to take some swings. It's easy to not have much to lose. It's hard to be on top. I, I was watching this Manti Teo documentary, which, you know, I, it's it's a little much. I mean, I, I, I do believe a lot of what he's saying, but it's like, you were really this naive? But even he admitted his senior year, he started feeling himself. And a lot of people, when they get on top, aren't great at handling success. I watched last week an Elvis Presley documentary. My dad loved Elvis. I mean, loved Elvis. And obviously, he was dead way before I was ever alive. Now, I I, I listened to him so much just because my dad liked him. But I don't think I quite comprehended how quickly he died. I mean, the guy died at 42 years old. Now, he was famous for like 20 years. But think about like Frank Sinatra. There are a lot of famous musicians that live for a long time and are super famous forever. Elvis's, you know, run was kind of short-lived. And part of it, he just didn't, you know, as he got older, the fame, he got divorced. He just didn't handle it that well. Ate himself and diseases and the pills and just died, you know. And some people handle success very well. I think Manning and Brady are fantastic examples of two guys that have been super famous now for decades and handle it pretty seamlessly. I mean, Peyton's been famous longer than Tom has. Peyton's been famous really since probably he was in high school, definitely regionally, and nationally he got famous in the mid-90s. And you look at him now, he just he's pretty, it's easy for him, you know? And I think a lot of guys, you know, struggle with that. And it's, it's human nature. Right to get super big and not handle everything that comes with it, whether you're an athlete, whether you're a musician, whether you're a businessman, whatever. Fame is, and just notoriety, and everyone basically blowing you 24-7. You know, some people can just like, whatever. It means nothing to them. A lot of people take it too far 
and it, it ruins them and derails them. And let's face it, with Baker Mayfield, he did not handle success well. He, he just didn't. He had the one year where he was on top with the Browns, the COVID year, and after that, it was a disaster. Now, you can say he was banged up, but his own teammates turned on him in 2021. His head coach turned on him. And then this offseason, he got a dose of humble pie. The Cleveland Browns said, kick rocks. We're signing a guy who, while better than him, had 20-plus women coming after him for sexual assault. And they gave him the biggest deal in the history of the league. So I don't care, even if Baker Mayfield would acknowledge, yeah, Deshaun Watson's better than myself if I'm Baker Mayfield. That's still a humbling experience. Anytime anyone tells you, whether it's a, a, a boss, a girlfriend, an NFL GM, you're not good enough, it humbles you. I've been fired twice. I mean, it's it's a blow to the ego. Even if you hate the place, even if you don't necessarily care, we're all humans, we're all competitive, and no one likes to be told they're not good enough. I got to give Baker Mayfield credit because this is about as low as it got for him this offseason. He got traded to Carolina. Let's face it, nobody wanted him. Carolina gave a fifth-round pick and paid, I think they're paying $3.5 million. That was the going rate to get Baker Mayfield. It shows you his value pretty down. And he went into Carolina not knowing the offense with an incumbent guy who had the entire OTAs to get a lead on him. Now, you can say on tape in their career, obviously Baker has been a better player, but still, Sam should have had a big advantage, and Baker lapped him, and lapped him fast. And now Baker Mayfield is a starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I would have said, you know, this notion that, like, of course Baker's the starter. They traded for him. They traded nothing for him. When you trade a lot for somebody, yeah, then of course the guy's the starter. But when you trade a fifth-round pick and pay a guy $3 million, you're going to start whoever the best guy is to win. And Baker clearly is much better than Sam Darnold. But to me, came in there. I read some quotes today from Matt Rule. Been very positive about him. Had his head on straight. Went in there and worked and won the job. And he's taken a lot of shit. I know I've probably given him a lot. Obviously, the Collins of the world and just... A lot of fans, uh, most people turned on him, and rightfully so. It was self-inflicted. But sometimes when you just kind of keep your mouth shut, go and work, win a job, like that's that's impressive. So kudos to Baker Mayfield for going to Carolina and becoming the starting quarterback and making week one game Carolina against Cleveland extremely interesting. I know this. I'll be paying attention. And I would not have if Sam Darnold was the, uh, was the starting quarterback. I was thinking about this, speaking of the Browns, I, I don't know if I really talked about it. I didn't watch. I'm so Deshaun Watsoned out. And I, I saw that the moment the suspension was levied, it came out like James Palmer immediately tweeted like, Deshaun Watson, we'll be talking to the media in five minutes. And I just thought to myself, in what world is this a good idea? And of course, it was a disaster. And then after he talked, the Haslam's talked with Andrew Barry, their general manager, in the middle of them. And if you watch it, I didn't watch the whole thing. I just saw clips on social media, like a minute or two minute clips of Jimmy Haslam talking about Deshaun Watson. Jimmy Haslam sure talks about Deshaun Watson like he's guilty as hell. Jimmy Haslam does not speak about Deshaun Watson like he believes he's innocent. He kept speaking about Deshaun Watson like everything that happened in the past 
was bad. <laughs> Very bizarre. But there's this visual of Andrew Barry when you see these clips of Jimmy just ranting and raving and making the whole situation even worse. No clue why any of them talked. He got suspended. They released a statement. Enough. There's nothing you can do by talking. Nothing you're going to be able to say is going to make it better. And of course it didn't, and it, it got worse. It was hard not to watch the clips and go, this is a joke. But one thing I consistently saw is Andrew Barry just sitting there kind of speechless. Because in what world, for a guy that's an Ivy League guy, he knows he can't say anything. There is nothing that can come out of his mouth that will be a positive. So what happened? He didn't say anything. He kept his mouth shut, rightfully so. And I was thinking about it like, being a GM is, for most of us that know we're not, not going to go to the NFL or not going to play Division I college football, it's something that you're like, God, I, I think being a GM would be pretty awesome. I know I kind of got the bug. I'm like, I want to work in scouting. I want to work in the front office. I want to be a guy eventually picking players, doing deals. It's sweet. It's why so many people play fantasy football. And then once you work in the NFL, you realize, well, it's not quite that. And then once you follow the NFL as closely as I do, you start realizing like being a GM is not all that you thought that it was cracked up to be. And I kind of broke the NFL down into three different categories. Because I think most people that love sports go, being a GM would be badass. And like, yeah, maybe for the right team. But if you work with the wrong coach or the wrong owner, it's not. And to me, there are three different types of GMs in the NFL. First and foremost, one that's completely run by the owner. Dan Snyder historically has told his GMs who to draft. Literally on the day of the draft, you do all this work and he goes, actually, we're going to take this guy, right? He's been terrible. The Cowboys don't have a general manager. Why? Because Jerry Jones is the guy picking the players. Now, you could argue that he's done a pretty good good job recently, Obviously, when Al Davis was with the Raiders, he had top personnel people. They never had the juice. Al did. And I think you watch Andrew Barry. I'm going to give Andrew Barry the benefit of the doubt. I'm not saying that Andrew Barry wouldn't think that Deshaun Watson's a good player because, of course, anyone that's watched football over the last six, seven years at Clemson and with the Houston Texans would go, yeah, Deshaun Watson is a good football player. I would want him on my team if I don't have a top five or six quarterback in the league. We'd all agree there. But this offseason, given the circumstances, wait, it's going to co- we're going to have to trade all this, pay him $230 million, and deal with the fallout of these legal ramifications? I know several GMs. They all said, and I know a couple front offices that were in the quarterback market. They said, yeah, we knew some of this information. We, we didn't even pursue it. It made us so uneasy. You can't convince me that this was not a 100% Jimmy Haslam-driven deal. It's why when you work for an owner like this, is being a GM even that great of a job? Now, it pays seven figures. It is a good job where you are an NFL general manager, but in terms of your actual juice, in terms of your actual power, the biggest decision a franchise can ultimately make, you don't even get to make it. You're told, we're doing this. Because you just look at this guy sitting between Jimmy Haslam and his wife, he had the look of, yeah, man, th- this sucks. This is not what I wanted to do. And then you have this other, the number two. The general managers that worked for the coach, which in this modern day NFL is a large percentage of them. But there's a caveat on this. Brett Veach, let's use him as an example. Obviously, Andy Reid is one of the highest paid coaches in the league, is one of the best coaches in the league, and one of the more powerful coaches in the league. 
he is the ultimate decision maker in terms of the hierarchy. Now, he would tell you, I lean, just when John Dorsey was there and now with Brett Veach, I lean on them to do the personnel. And he's telling the truth. And when Brett Veach, who well before they even came to Kansas City, has proved his worth being one of Andy's right-hand men in Philly, that Andy really trusts him. And now since they've been in Kansas City and Brett took over, he really, really trusts him. And they run the personnel department. Now, obviously, Andy, guys he likes, has influence. But if Andy, at this point in time in his career, didn't want something to happen, it's not going to happen. But Brett Veach doesn't just get to pick and choose every single thing. you know. And I think guys like John Lynch would be an example of someone who would fall into this category. Ultimately, Kyle Shanahan is at the top of the, of the food pyramid in San Francisco. But like Veach, John Lynch has a lot of juice. John Lynch has a lot of say. He has a lot of influence over the picks. And hell, he makes a lot of the picks. But Kyle, if Kyle wants something, it's going to happen. And I would put Pete Carroll and John Schneider kind of in the same thing as like Andy and Veach. John Schneider's making a lot of picks. But ultimately, Pete Carroll is above him. Now, John Schneider, kind of like a long time ago with Veach, proved his worth early on to Pete Carroll. Because Pete Carroll, never forget, would not have drafted... Russell Wilson. He convinced them. They took it. Rest is history. And ever since then, Pete has trusted John over the years to make a lot of decisions. And some of them don't work, but a lot of them have. And they've won a lot of games because of John Schneider. So those GMs, which is a pretty good job, right? You are ultimately not the boss boss, but you have a lot of juice. You work with a good coach. He trusts you to make decisions. But ultimately, like you're imp- like they're relying... Mickey Loomis was like this with Sean Payton. You know, ultimately, if Sean didn't want a guy, they weren't going to draft him. But if you're Sean Payton, like, you have to, you can't micromanage everything. So you do depend on the guy. But I've heard Mickey Loomis, he said this on Dimitrov's pod. Like, ultimately, it was Sean Payton's show, as it should be. And then there are the GMs that are really like, like, let's face it, in basketball and baseball, all their GMs now run the show. Daryl Morey's. Uh, Friedman, Cashman, Farhan Zaidi. Like those guys get to dictate the terms of the franchise. That is becoming rarer and rarer in the NFL, right? Nick Casario is a good example in Houston. He has all the juice. He has all the power. Joe Douglas, same thing. Anything that they want to happen will happen. Now, they're not dummies, they know that like if the coach is like, I'm never going to put this guy, or are you going to argue over with position coaches? Not, maybe not position coaches, but coordinators and head coaches on everything. There is a compromise just like in any industry. But ultimately, if you want to draft a guy, Nick Serio or Joe Douglas is drafting that guy. Howie Roseman as well. But the business, you do have to work hand in hand with your head coach. So the quicker that you can trust them to be on the same page as you, the quicker they can be on the same page with your philosophies, the easier and more seamless everything is. But I put guys like uh, Joe Shane now with the Giants, historically has been a GM-run organization. Jason Light, especially now with Arians gone, has all the juice down there. The Packers with Brian Gudikins. Uh, So basically, you have the owner telling you everything to do. That's number one. That's the worst category. To me, the best category is probably like Brett Veach and John Schneider, or I mean, Brett Veach and Andy Reid, 
or John Snyder in all the good years with Pete Carroll, or now John Lynch with Kyle Shanahan. I would even put Sean McVay has gained a lot of juice <laughs> with the Rams. Like, you want to be working for an elite coach who the owner should go, this guy is the most important guy in my organization beside the quarterback, but that coach gives you a lot of trust, gives you a lot of juice, you make a lot of money, and you get to you know impact 98% of the, the decisions in terms of uh, free agency and definitely the draft. He lets you dictate, but he's the boss and you win. Like To me, that's the ideal. And then if you can pull it off where you make every single decision and your coach is cool with it, that would be cool too, but that's just pretty rare. Like, we'll see. If Sirianni goes to the playoffs four straight years, like, he would have a lot of juice. Now, I'm not saying he's going to fight with Howie or anything, but the faster you win in the NFL, the more you get paid, and GMs are just never going to make more than coaches. This is not baseball. This is not Daryl Morey in the NBA. This is always going to be football. So, like, Pittsburgh is a GM-run organization. But Mike Tomlin's won so much, like, ultimately, if he wants something to happen, it'll probably happen. So I think it's pretty just fascinating in a league where, and just sports in general, is something that a lot of us on the outside are always like, we want to be a GM, we want to be a GM. They're just not all equal. NFL kickoff is still a few weeks away, but you can get in on the action now on FanDuel Sportsbook with their NFL Super Win Bonus. Right now, anyone who places at least a $50 Super Bowl winner bet will get $5 back for each win your team has during the regular season. You can get the Rams to repeat at 11-1. to 1. You get the Ravens at 20-1. to 1. Sneaky kind of like the Ravens. I actually think they're almost flying a little bit under the radar. They missed the playoffs last year, some of the Lamar drama. Do not forget, the Ravens had like 7 million players injured. I think they're going to be a powerhouse this year. There are also a ton of other future market available, like team win totals, division winners, player props, and so many more like the 49ers over, like the Chiefs over. There's no better place to get ready for the football season than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Haven't tried FanDuel Sportsbook yet? Download the app and sign up using the promo code COLIN to get $5 for every win your team has if you bet at least $50 on them to win the Super Bowl. That's promo code COLIN. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan, 1-877-8- Hope NY or text Hope NY 467-369 New York Tennessee Redline 1-800-888-9789 Tennessee 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming visit www.1800gambler.net West Virginia From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant Inflation is hitting us all where it hurts and it really hurts That's why I started using Upside Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app using my promo code 3 and out. That's the number 3 and out. 
and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. Download the free Upside app and use the promo code three and out to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code three and out. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Okay, speaking of GMs, I want to talk about something I saw Les Snead say, the general manager of the Los Angeles Rams and defending Super Bowl champs. He talked to Albert Breer in his MMQB article, and he discussed his philosophical belief on trading and definitely trading a lot of picks for premium players. And he used Jalen Ramsey as an example. And he said the way that he looked at it was when they traded multiple first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey. Remember, the previous year they had lost in the Super Bowl to the New England Patriots. And he said they had the 31st pick. And he looked at the other previous year, so he goes, we basically looked at it like we were trading back-to-back pick 31s. And the previous two pick 31s had been offensive linemen. So he's like, basically the way you could look at it is, we traded two offensive linemen for Jalen Ramsey. And I get what he's saying, but I also think he's a little off base here. And I'm pro Jalen Ramsey, and I'm pro making that trade for Jalen Ramsey. I understood it, especially because, you know, Jalen Ramsey, premium position, you know, one of the better corners in the league, and top corners just don't consistently come into the NFL. But here's the thing, and I, I saw Howie Roseman say this, I think, during the OTAs. Maybe, maybe it was during the draft. Not to me personally. He said it in a press conference. And I remember it really resonated with me. He said, every team in the league has the same amount of assets. Every team in the league has the same amount of salary cap space, and every team in the league has the same amount of draft capital. Well, not the Miami Dolphins because they got docked the pick. You, but you just get to choose how to use it. Now, you'd be like, well, not everyone has a first or second round pick. Not everyone is the same. No, I mean that the Niners don't have first round picks because they use them to trade up. Denver's going to have less first round picks because they used him to get Russell Wilson, right? Seattle and the Jets have more picks because they traded players for those picks. So you get to choose how you allocate your resources and or your capital, especially your draft capital, and same with your money. I can choose to pay linebackers, linemen, quarterbacks, rookie quarter, like whatever. You get to choose how you want to pick and choose your team. But if we start from scratch, every team has the same amount of picks and same amount of salary cap. And the best part about the NFL, unlike baseball, every team has the same amount of money, right? Because of the media rights deals that pays for the salary cap. So unless Sneed's idea, like I get what he's saying, he chose to use two first round picks 
to go get Jalen Ramsey. That's how he wanted to allocate those first-round picks. Here's the problem, though, is part of when you trade for a player, and Roquan Smith recently waved the white flag. He does not want to be there. I mean, I have pretty good sourcing on that. Roquan Smith over the Bears. Heard from a couple people, Bears' offer wasn't bad. Was very aggressive. He does not want to play there. Don't blame him. I'd want to get out of there. I have a bunch of people that are like, Middlecoff, you never say his name right. It's like, yeah, I, I can't take Uberflus. And everyone's like, it's Eberflus. Like, when the guy wins six games, I'll say his name right. I don't think there's a team in the league that would have hired the guy to be their head coach. So, yeah, it's like, I, I'm not anti-Bears. I'm pro-Bears. I wish they were a good franchise. To me, they kind of feel like a clown show. Roquan Smith, I think, knows this, wants out. But he's kind of stuck. He's not going to be able to go anywhere. And even he, like, I think tweeted, like, it's my last year, and then I'll bet on myself. Roquan, they'll franchise tag you. This is not the NBA or Major League Baseball. This is a, this is a front office and team-led league. That's why it's thriving. You're not going to be just, they're not going to let you walk, you know? And the problem is, is he plays middle linebacker, unlike Jalen Ramsey, He's not going to get traded for two first-round picks because you pay you trade for Roquan, then I got to pay him. Now you can be like, I would much rather have Roquan Smith than Jamal Adams, and Jamal Adams went for two ones and a two. I think we all agree it's one of the worst deals in NFL history. It's insane. If Seattle could get a redo, I'll promise you they take a redo. They can't. It's not. There's uh, no havebacks, right? They're stuck. Uh, so here's the thing: is that. Part of having a first-round pick, whether it's the number two pick in the, in the draft or it's the 31st pick, is getting a guy on a cost-controlled contract. Because when I, when I have a first-round pick, let's just say it's pick 19, I know the exact contract and I know how long I'll have the guy for. And when you make a trade for Jalen Ramsey, Khalil Mack, you do then have to trade a lot and then you have to compensate the player. Now, those two players, for example, are Pro Bowl-level guys, high-level guys. I don't mind doing it. But what if I can get a Pro Bowl impact-level guy with my first-round pick? Then I have him on a cost-control deal. I have way more salary cap space. Now, where less need it worked out, his last two big trades have been for Super Bowl-winning quarterback and a Pro Bowl-level corner. But when you're making these trades, it is twofold. Because I trade for the player and then I have to compensate them. Like the Eagles, for example. The Eagles, they would love a redo on the Jalen Rager pick. I think that's pretty obvious. If they could do that one over, I got news for you, they would take Justin Jefferson. And if they had taken Justin Jefferson, they would have had a guy on a cost-control deal. They wouldn't have had to trade their first-round pick and then pay A.J. Brown all that money. But because they, and listen, we all miss on picks. In your fantasy draft, or if you're a real NFL general manager, I'm not blaming anybody. It just didn't work out. And they had to double down a couple years later. But when you do that, it's a double whammy. Because you give up a valued pick, and you pay the guy a lot of your salary cap space. So this, the, the entire part of the draft process, every team in the league, and, and you just never know. The draft is the great unknown, right? And you can nail a pick. Like in the late second round, you get DK Metcalf. Even Seattle, if they knew DK Metcalf was going to be DK Metcalf, you know what they would have done? They would have drafted him in the first round. 
right? Same thing with the Titans and A.J. Brown. You just, you never truly know. But once you have that, you go, God, I'm glad we picked them because now we're getting them for really cheap. And even once you got to extend the guy, like the 49ers or Seattle, they just gave both those two guys extensions. Well, when you look over the totality of the deal, right, those first three years were so cheap. So if you amortize it, not on the brand new three or four year deals, but over the life of the seven, eight years you have the player, it's an incredible, incredible financial reward for being a good drafting team. So it's just, it's part of what makes the league fun, all these different team philosophical beliefs, and the Rams have been really successful. You would think eventually, though, and I've always said this, if they get some injuries at at the top, not with just random guys, but with their top four or five core players, they would be in some trouble. And you would say the last several years, I mean, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Jalen, like they they have been relatively healthy at the top. Uh, I wanted to fire around just a bunch of different league stuff. I saw people tweeting about, you know, Kenny Pickett had another good preseason game against backups. But, you know, everyone's, listen, I'm not a big Kenny Pickett guy, but we'll see. The Steelers, anytime you can go to a team that has an excellent defense and good skill guys, you have a chance, even if you're not the most talented guy. But, I'm betting against him. I just don't see the skill set. Could be wrong. Adam Schefter, I think, insinuated on television that like, you know, if if all Trubisky has to have a little slip up and then it's Kenny Pickett's time. I I, I would say it's 50-50. No inside information on this that the Steelers just pull a Mac Jones from last year. Remember, Mac Jones, the backup, the backup, the backup until he started week one. And I think that has to be in play now. That I am prepared for Mike Tomlin to come out, because what's the competitive disadvantage or advantage for the Steelers to announce Kenny Pickett, the quarterback, until they have to? And it'll just, news could break week one. I would expect for, uh, if it does happen, that to get announced week one. And I think that's on the table now. Uh, I saw Jordan Love. I, I didn't watch, actually didn't watch any of the Packer game. I actually thought, in his first preseason game, he made some good plays. Some balls were dropped. He also made some terrible plays. You do see just the physical attributes, the athleticism, the arm strength. Uh, I saw LaFleur said he played a lot better in the second preseason game and th- has been high on him. Uh, listen, anytime you can have a cheap backup quarterback and it's not like he would fetch a high pick, the Packers got to feel better and better if he just improves because he's not going anywhere because it doesn't behoove them to trade Jordan Love for like a fourth-round pick. He's actually become, if he plays well at this point in time, more valuable to the Packers than he is around the league. So, listen, you got to take little wins where you can get them when it comes to, you know, backup quarterbacks. If if I'm the Packers, it's probably turned into somewhat of a positive. I think the Raiders and the Patriots – must be I haven't I haven't checked the preseason schedule for week three, but Belichick is at the Raiders facility, meaning the Patriots are, and was just speaking how awesome it is. So I would have guessed that they're going to do some joint practices this week. Belichick, no coach in the league loves joint practices quite like Bill Belichick, and Bill Belichick said that Al Davis would be on his football Mount Rushmore. I don't know if his football Mount Rushmore. He just said he was. The foot he should be a football Mount Rushmore guy. And I was thinking, like, what would my football Mount Rushmore be non-player? 
I thought it was pretty easy, actually. Uh, I think Vince Lombardi has to go on it. I think Bill Walsh has to go on it. I would also throw Al Davis on there just because I wouldn't throw owners on there, but he's a unique owner. He was the general manager. And if you talk to people close to the Raiders, he also acted as the pseudo-defensive coordinator for a large percentage of the operation. I think he has seven or eight introductions at the Hall of Fame. Why? Because the players know that he personally selected them. And a lot of the defensive guys, would you coach, know that he personally implemented the scheme. So I would have Lombardi, Walsh, Al Davis. Then I think for four, it gets kind of interesting. I wouldn't call myself a football historian, but I'm not dumb enough to know that Paul Brown would be in the mix. I think you could easily put Bill Belichick as the fourth guy. And the other guy that I would have in the mix for the fourth overall, the reason that the NFL is on top and dominates now as a league is a $10 billion a year. I love when, and Colin talks about this a lot, how attendance is down in the NFL and college football. And my response always is, who gives a shit? It's not, this isn't Major League Baseball. I don't need butts in the seats. That's just extra free money for the owner. The league is a television product. It's a television show. And the most important person in the history of NFL television is John Madden. Change the game. And if you factor in the video game too, his importance to the popularity of football, I do think you could throw John Madden on there. Now, I'd probably put Belichick above John Madden and probably Paul Brown as well. Uh, But I, I do think that John Madden would have to be in the discussion when it came to football, non-players, Mount Rushmore. Uh, I saw Kayvon sprained his MCL. A lot of arguing on the internet streets. Like, you can't cut him. Yeah, the guy went low. Like, part of being a defensive lineman is learning to play cut blocks. I do not think the play was dirty. Is it ideal in a preseason game? Of course not. I do think it looked like he slipped a little bit. But then I saw my guy Jeff Schwartz on Twitter earlier today. There was a play where a defensive lineman tackled a running back really low. Like, it's football. You know, part of anyone who has been to a Division I practice and definitely an NFL practice knows that linebackers and defensive linemen do drills to play off cut blocks. Now, he's a rookie. I'm not promoting this type blocking. I don't want to see guys get injured. But I by no means views that as a dirty play. It's football. It's a football play. And you got to use your hands and get around that, not take on the blocker when he's going that low. Um, the, the Giants lost a guy to a torn ACL. And I was thinking about this today. If you put the Giants, like the, the Denver Broncos just went on the open market. In Denver, which is obviously not New York. Great football market in Denver is an awesome franchise. The stadium, the brand, it's big. Well, what if they went for $4.65 billion, what would the New York Jets go for? And that's the number two team in New York. What would the New York Giants go for? Let's just say the Jets would go for six or seven and the Giants would go for eight. We're talking about two franchises probably in the vicinity of 13, 14, 15 billion dollars combined. Now, if the Cowboys would probably go for 10, who would be the next mix of teams that would go 8 to 10? The Giants would be one of them. The Giants, the Bears, the 49ers, probably the Rams now that they're in L.A. Enormous markets with 
enormous brands. It's pretty clear to know the Packers and the Steelers would be interesting because their brands are so big, but their markets, they would go for a lot, don't get me wrong. But my point is that these two teams, regardless of what all the other teams would go for, their value is enormous. These two owners, the Maras and obviously Woody Johnson, are filthy rich. Yet the turf in that stadium, some high schools would not allow their teams to play on that turf. Some high schools, if you put that turf on their stadium, would rip it up immediately and put better turf. It is a fucking embarrassment that those two teams allow that turf to be on that field. I remember two years ago, the 49ers, they played the Giants and Jets back-to-back. I, I can't remember if it was against the Jets or the Giants. It was obviously against one of the teams. They played them week two and then week three. There was a sequence in three plays. Nick Bosa ripped up his knee. Two plays later, Solomon Thomas ripped up his knee. You watch people play on that field. They go down all the time. Now, I'm not someone that'd be like, you have to have grass, you can't have field turf. I would always lean grass, but clearly some turf is pretty good. I don't pretend to be some guy that knows the different levels of the turf, but I've heard enough and talked to enough people, there are different levels of turf. That turf is unacceptable. They have to get better turf. It's a joke. Uh, Bill Parcell's birthday, just what an incredible, incredible coach. Four teams uh, to the postseason. Obviously, multiple-time Super Bowl Hall of Famer. Just a, just a legend. A uh, couple quick college football things. Fraud Meyer, as I like to call him, has been rehired by Fox Sports 1 to go on to the uh, to their big noon kickoff. Listen, he didn't last a season in the NFL. Freddie Kitchens did as a head coach. Jim Tom Sula did as a head coach. We have seen some of the most embarrassing head coaches ever last a season. Urban got laughed out of the room. Literally an all-time embarrassment. But he does know college football, and he's clearly pretty good on TV. Now, would I rehire him? I don't really care. Like, they're, to me, it's more about like, is this guy that big of an egomaniac? Like, you're really going back to TV after you were laughed out of a building? You're worth stupid amount of money. I think it's actually more of a reflection. Like, TV, they're just in it to get the most eyeballs, be a big deal. They don't give a shit. I mean, they're about making money. To me, Urban, did this not make you reevaluate some things? Clearly not. Uh, I understand why they hired him. I actually kind of like the show because I, I like Liner. I like Brady Quinn. I don't know, man. I, I, I think it's much more of a reflection on Urban Meyer than it is Fox. All these networks, they don't care. They're just they're in it for the content. Steve Sarkeesian uh, announced that Ewers, uh, I didn't write down his first name. He's obviously that huge recruit that was from Texas, that graduated early, that went to Ohio State, and then he transferred to Texas. I think Sark bought himself a little time the moment he uh, landed Eli, or not Eli Manning, or Peyton Manning, but Cooper Manning's son, Arch. I do think this is a big year for him. Last year, he went five and seven. Say that out loud. Five and seven. And now he's going with a quarterback that hasn't played much, obviously, at all. Uh, Obviously, he's really talented. He's got a huge arm from everything that I've read and clips I've seen. But, like, to me, like, six and six... Can they go eight and four? Can they go eight and four? And everyone tells me, well, their team's a lot better. They got the number one running back in the country. 
I just, I don't have that much faith in Sark. I do think it's pretty nuts that Alabama, who Nick Saban said last year was a rebuilding season. Think about that. He had a rebuilding season where he beat Georgia in the SEC championship game and lost a pretty damn close game in the national championship without his two best wide receivers. They had four guys on the AP All-American team. They obviously have the Heisman, uh, the returning Heisman Trophy uh, winner in the quarterback, who is fantastic. They have who I think is the best player in college football, Will Anderson. So think about this. Their best two positions are quarterback and pass rusher, two most important things in modern-day football. And then their next two sweep positions, they have an elite corner and elite safety. So it's pretty clear they got a guy who is going to pass rush the shit out of every team they play, and two DBs that can fly around and make plays nonstop, and then they have elite corner. And the one thing we always know with Alabama, they're going to have the skill guys. So I, I would expect, and a lot of people are picking Alabama to win the whole thing again this year. Uh, you would imagine Ohio State is going to be better this year on defense, so they should be in the mix. Georgia, going to be loaded again. It's just the shitty part about college football, it just feels like the same three teams again. Ohio State, Georgia, Bama. And I know that Michigan beat Ohio State last year, but probably a one-off. <laughs> let's just let's just be real on that one. I, I just think it's insane. We are, you know, like Coach K when he retired, like, that's over. We're never seeing anything like that again. I mean, John Calipari has, I mean, think about him. Like, he's probably the most famous. Even Tom Izzo. I love Tom Izzo. He's got one national championship. Coach K and Nick Saban, whenever Nick Saban decides to retire, like the, the longevity of a guy just going to win all these natties, consistently kick ass, is probably done. Like Kirby is a fantastic elite coach. There's a chance he just wins one national championship. Now you can say the talent he's getting, but the SEC is really hard. If you told me that in five years, you know, Kirby has gone to a couple more national championships or playoffs, but he's only won one, I think it's believable. Now maybe he gets over the hump and wins another one. But the chances that he's winning six or seven, probably not happening. Probably not happening. So obviously Dabo has multiple, but you even see now it feels like they've been passed a little bit and they're not even playing in that great of a conference. So it's I, I the respect and just the admiration and just the impossibility. How Nick has done this is insane. Now, obviously, once they got so big, they just became a machine. And what I was told a long time ago is, you know, in recruiting, you don't choose Alabama, they choose you. Now, obviously, there are a player or two that pick and choose, and that's why Nick's mad, because in NIL, well, they do choose, because it matters. The money impacts their decision. It's pissing Nick off. But he might rattle off one more national championship if all his guys stay healthy. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. 
On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Okay, let's do a little Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs and get your question answered here on the show. Start with James. I'm curious your take on the local buzz in Denver about Broncos head coach. The local sports news has criticized Nate Hackett for running a soft walkthrough practices and for not starting Russ in any preseason games. Do you think our new coach is cutting us at the knees with how the season is starting? Big fan. I don't blame him for not playing Russell in the preseason games. Now, I do think that Russell has a lot of juice, and I mean a ton of juice, on what they're doing in practice as an organization. He's admitted it. I mean, he told Peter King, unnamed sources, like, we're partners. Now, I do think that Hackett comes from Green Bay, where he just kind of watched LaFleur. I'm not saying they ran a country club deal, but they were very, very easy leading up to the season. When you have a star quarterback, it kind of just carries. Now, the one thing that they have that's good, they have a good offensive line, and the running back they have from North Carolina, Javante, Javante Williams, is that his name? He's a stud. So I do think you can create physicality immediately once the games start running the ball in the regular season. Question, does Russell want to run the ball? Russell wants to throw. Russell wants to become a legend. Russell wants to be Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. And I, we'll see, man. We, I, I think it's going to be a little harder. I, you know, I keep thinking I'm going to pick the Chiefs and the Chargers to make the playoffs. They're a lock to make the playoffs for me, those two teams. I think the Raiders have a pretty good chance to make the playoffs too. Now, Denver, in theory, should be better than the Raiders. 
you know, they have equally a bunch of solid players, some Pro Bowl guys at different positions. Russell is better than Derek. But like I, I the Nate Hackett thing and the Russell Wilson wanting all this power makes me nervous. Like I've seen Josh be an offensive coordinator forever. Like when's the last time Nate Hackett's even been an offensive coordinator? In Jacksonville? So I, I think it's going to be difficult. The one thing, Derek will do whatever Josh tells him to do. Like is Russ just going to, I don't know. I think it could get weird. Now I'm not saying Denver can't make the playoffs or if it all goes perfectly, they could win the division. I don't know. But I, I, I think, I, I don't know. They're making me a little nervous with some of the things coming out. Love your uncensored takes on football. If you were, I, I mean, it's isn't it kind of crazy that some people like, they just kind of beat around the bush. They give me their censored football takes. Yeah, I just I just say what I think. Uh, I, I get a lot of credit for that, at least on the DMs. I don't really know why. I mean, I, I guess I know why, because most people do not give you, they just, fraud is the wrong word. They're just very sensitive to every little thing. I'm just not that sensitive to anything. Uh, if you were the Panthers GM, would you sign Baker to a long-term deal or use the franchise tag on him a season like they did two years ago? And if Darnold ends up starting and has a good year, what would you do with him? Baker has the better body of work. This, I think, was sent before uh, they named him the starting quarterback. I would not do a damn thing during the season. I would just let it play out. Obviously, nothing's going to happen with Sam. He won't be on the team next year. But let's just hypothetically say, well, what if you get Baker on like a three-year, you know, $70 million deal right now? Well, I would not risk anything. I would just let's let it play out. If he's good, we'll franchise tag him and figure it out. If he's bad, we'll just move on. And hopefully corral with, God, that sucks. Get hurt his foot out for the season. But yeah, I would just let it play out. That's all I would do. Let it play out. Have you heard of the youth football coach, Mike Hickman, being murdered during the game in Texas? Well, I've just I just saw the headline of, What's his name's brother? Akib Talib's brother is wanted for murder. Maybe at this, by the time you're listening to this, they've arrested him for shooting that guy. I, I, I didn't read much of the story. I mean, that's just awful. If that's the story you're talking about, which I assume it is. Maybe this is a biased opinion from a Raider fan, but I believe people are underestimating them. Chargers got better on both sides, but haven't proven anything. Chiefs got worse, but are still the Chiefs. And I think while the Broncos' defense is elite, the Raiders have a better offense while also getting better players on the defensive side and better coaching. Raiders made the playoffs last year with all the chaos, and I can see the division Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going I'm going Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. Be my pick. Now, I could also see the Chargers winning it and going Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders, Broncos. But I have a hard time seeing the Broncos. I mean, Coward thinks they're going to be like the 07 Patriots. I, I just... I don't know, man. I the, the Russell Wilson partner thing with the coach. I'm just, I'm sorry. I got that thing red flagged. Uh, what's up, Johnny? We're huge Raider fans and have been a ton of shakeup in the AFC West this offseason. Assuming there's going to be a three playoff teams from the division, who do you see the odd man out? I personally don't think the addition of Russ is enough to make the Broncos to close the gap on the Raiders, especially after adding a premier wide receiver and pass rusher this offseason. I also believe you're giving the Chargers too much credit. We've heard about their talented roster for the last three years, and yet it came down to a win, and you're in week 18, and they got beat by a team that was outmatched on paper and led by an interim coach. Would love to hear your thoughts. 
Well, we just talked about that ironically, but here's what I will say about the Chargers. They went 9-8 and eight last year. They added Khalil Mack. They added the Rams defensive tackle who's good, and they added J.C. Jackson that picks off a ball like every other game. So they got, to me, dramatically better on defense. Their run defense was atrocious. They added two fantastic run players on their defensive line. And they added an elite corner. So I I do think they, like to me, if they're nine wins, even if they're underachiever, that makes them 10 or 11 wins. So I'm with you. I don't, I think they could win 14 wins. If you told me Belichick or Andy Reid was their coach, I'd pick them to go 16 and one. Now, Brandon Staley, if he is just decent, they should win 12 games. But even if he's just last year, they're winning 10. KC fan here, found your pod through Colin through the years. Uh, appreciate your honest, no bullshit takes. Thought the plagues major players in sports media. Bravo. KC went through a period of time of scooping up 49ers quarterback castoffs. DeBerg, Montana, Bono, Gerback. Good knowledge. And a few years ago, I was looking to go down memory lane with the first quarterback I have a memory of for the Kansas City Chiefs, Steve DeBerg. I was looking for some highlights of the years he played with a busted pinky, but instead I came across a YouTube video talking about how in 1980, DeBerg came down with laryngitis and played a game for the Niners with a speaker integrated into the back of his shoulder pads so that he could hear the snap, so they could hear the snap count. Crazy. He even had the little drive through microphone tucked in under his face mask. Never have I heard anyone talk about this nationally. Is it spoken about frequently in San Francisco circles? Just curious if you have heard it. I remember seeing it, I think on the Montana documentary, as uh, the first time that I saw about it. It is not, it's not something like legend or something that matters that much. I think part of the problem where that story dies a little bit is because Joe Montana came in after him and just became Joe Montana. But that is a fucking banana story. I mean, you lose your voice in, the, in 1980 and they figure out a way to jimmy rig your, pan, your pads so they, everyone can hear you. Just, I mean, that's, that is something now the media would be like, no, it's not fair to his voice. Don't let him play. You think Bill Walsh gave a shit? Do you think Steve DeBerg? That's, there's something special about like 70s and 80s NFL stories. I know it makes a lot of like the modern day elites uncomfortable, but it, you know, that's the football that made the league kind of what it is. You know, that, that's where legends were made in the 70s and 80s. That is type stuff. It's why like when Jason Witten played with the spleen or Tony Romo, the, you know, they had those issues. You like, you become stuff of legend. Remember Emmett Smith played an NFC championship game with a separated shoulder. Uh, football dudes just build different, man. Okay. Last one. What is your overall feel on the ACC? They control most of the entire East Coast college football market and have had a couple national champions in the last 10 years and the best basketball conference. It seems like it's a popular thing to talk down on the ACC, but to me it seems like a bad business decision at the top with the TV payouts. Do you think the ACC can punch back and regain some national exposure? Well, hiring Mario at Miami is big. Like I don't think he's Nick Saban, but he's, he's a big boy recruiter. And they're going to be nationally relevant and nationally relevant fast. Uh, obviously, Clemson had a down year last year and went 10-3. and three. Now, Florida State is kind of a wild card. If that coach is good, that'd be big. If he doesn't have a big year, Deion Sanders is going to be their coach next year. Deion Sanders will be their coach. So you get Cristobal at Miami. You get Dabo at Clemson. And if Deion comes into Florida State, now you're cooking. Wake Forest actually isn't bad. North Carolina is respectable. 
Um, I hear you. I mean, Florida State, Jimbo, obviously Clemson won some natties, but they need the Florida schools. To me, that conference is dependent on either Miami or Florida State for being good. And I think Miami can get back to nine or 10 wins within two years. Florida State, I'm rooting for them. Got a buddy that works there now, but I don't know. But to me, if Miami is good, and then you got Clemson and Miami, you know, Pitt's not bad, but they need Miami. They, they need Miami. And I, I talked to an NFL executive that told me that he went through some SEC schools, and they're like, yeah, we kind of stopped recruiting Florida. I'm like, why? He's like, Mario, put up a fence. And, w- and I, w- you put up a fence, and you keep the players, like, guess who has been going in and getting players? Alabama, right? Oklahoma, Georgia. Ohio State. Miami's got to keep those guys. In their heyday, they did, and I think Mario will too with the NIL. Appreciate everyone listening. Uh, Subscribe. Share with your friends. Adios. Talk to everyone soon. Peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.